Good morning, church. Today is a beautiful day, right? Yes. It is. It is. It is. It is. My name is Andrew B. Nimlin. I'll be a worship guy today. But before I start announcement, I know it's I'm biased, but I want to just say happy birthday to everyone, but especially to my son today, making 17 years old. I'm happy for Ayu. I just continue to ask you guys for your prayer to help him. Ayu, I know you're around. Happy birthday, son. We got a few announcements. Uh, I know you guys love the, the bulletin board, right? It's so beautiful. Great. So uh, we just get a few announcements. We emphasize on those that we want to talk about up here today. But remember, all announcements are important. Firstly, this is a new day for our junior church. Our junior church and their family will be part of, and the leader will be part of the worship service for a few times, and thereafter they will be dismissed, and then they will go and meet their leader at the back of the sanctuary or in the pattern of the sanctuary. So just note if you are a junior church person, few times, after a few times we say you can dismiss, make sure you meet your, your leader at the back of the sanctuary. Tuesday is finance committee meeting, 7 p.m. So if you're part of the finance committee, please take note of that. Later of it, meeting will also be on Tuesday at 10 a.m. in the morning. Our church also is responsible for full pantry. We also want to say thank you for your continued generosity, especially to our volunteer. June 15th and June 22nd, it is our responsibility to help those in our neighborhood to help them with full pantry. So if you want to assist, please contact me or you can contact Debbie. Debbie, I'm putting you on the spot, right? We want for people to be able to help. Please, we need more volunteers. And then Free Friday is on June 16th. Volunteers are always welcome. It's a good day for us to meet people um, to help those who are in need. And for Upper Room, for the July and August, it can be found at the back of the table there. And lastly, the Librarian Scholarship. Let's continue to keep David Cudi in our prayer. I spoke with him twice. The last time I spoke with him, he was at the center with the kids. You can hear all the kids talking. He's doing everything necessary to take grace to them through our generosity. Let us continue to pray for him for safe arrival. And also, if you have not made a donation yet, the envelope is back there. Please remember, it's a blessing for those who you touch, for those who you don't know. So please do that. Um, after saying that, is there any other announcement? Uh, please quiet your heart for the lighting of the candle.
See that sovereign law comes with power. And he rules with the mighty arm. See his reward is with him. And his he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. And carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Please join me in the congregation of prayer. Sovereign law, your love for your people is miserable. As the scripture says, you watch over us like a good shepherd. To be lifted into your arms and held close, close to your heart. The announcement says special means today, no special means. Now we call on the course final chair uh, to give a financial update, Randy. Morning, church. I'm here to give you a financial well-being of the health care of this church. I came back to you and talked to you in March time frame and told you at that point that we were in a deficit. And I was going to inundate you with a bunch of PowerPoint presentations, some Excel worksheets, Wayne Cassidy put a lot of time and effort in certain scenarios about giving versus expenses. And then I decided after looking at all that, I'm just going to tell you how it is instead of looking and showing you. Because we all realize that 2023 is different than 2022. So it's no use standing up here and telling you all the, the financial information last year versus this year. Now, the Finance Committee has got some really savvy financial people. Not me, but um, Andrew's the co-chair. We got Wayne Cassidy. We got Dave Hurdle, Dr. Brad Lewis, Tim Stauffer, Jonathan, our pastor, is on that group. Uh, and our new pastor will be part of that. And Vicki, our treasurer. And I've told everybody here that we have the most valued individual in this congregation and Vicki. She's been a treasurer. She sees the financial well-being of the church every day. So she's very, very key to this church. Now, back in March, I told you we were in a deficit between $800 to $1,200 on weekly. Now, what that means is our giving, those are the pledges, the contributions, the money in the envelopes that we collect, the ties, the pledges, everything that we collect. And then we have the operating expense, which comes out of the general fund, which is where all these monies go into. So our expenses out and our intake in, which is the income and expenses, we're still in a deficit. Now, traditionally, summer's been something where we kind of drop off on our giving May, we were $3,000 in deficit. So you can see it's going to continue. And there's really two areas that can help us with this. The one is what I call the church body. Now, what do we mean by the church body? Well, that church body could be, you know, our church staff, our lay leaders, our trustees, our administrative council used to be the admin council, finance committee, and all the other committees. Now, these people can assist in our financial well-being of the church by their decisions and their input. Now, currently, we have moved some excesses and different line items and funds. We've had some rainy day accounts. We've had some money in certain accounts that weren't earmarked specifically for something that we've been able to carry through this deficit. We've actually reduced our payroll hours. 
We've also dropped our expenses and our office supplies. And the trustees and all the other committees are looking at other ways that they can reduce their expenses. We're also looking at and reviewing as a finance committee certain accounts that are laying dormant that we really don't have a clear understand of the mission and the purpose of the monies in these accounts and making a decisions on whether we can use this money to help us in our financial well-being. Now the trustees have been in discussions with the conference and we're going to sell the parsonage to help us. Now, years ago, parsonage may have been an advantage to a new minister coming on board, having a place to live. However, in this time where people and ministers, young, old, want to have some equity and some place to live, and they have a preference on where they would live, and they have a family, so the conference gives ministers an allowance. Now, in some cases, the monthly allowances can equal to or come close to a mortgage payment. So now ministers prefer to have and purchase their own house because now they can build their equity. They have a place of their own. It's not provided by someone. They have something that they can build from and they have a better tax advantage of writing off things that they do for that house than something that's given to them. So we're going to make the decision and we're looking at and we're discussing with the conference because there's a lot of stipulations on what you can do with that monies and proceeds if you sell a parsonage. And we're talking and determining exactly what we're able to do with that monies for sale. But we are actively looking at selling the parsonage. We continue to look at other ways to reduce our deficit. We've moved different things around. We're looking at inactive accounts, as I indicated, and we're continuing to do this to be more financial aware of the position we're in. Now, the second area that can affect and help us in our deficit is the congregation, and that's you. Now, certainly, I don't have to sit there and, and, and tell you that increasing your contribution certainly will help. And we certainly wish that you would consider that. But there are other things that you can do to help the well-being of this church. Attend church regularly. It's been shown that the more people that attend church regularly, the more active the church is, the more the contributions and the financial well-being increases. So certainly, you know, the people that are looking and, and watching church, certainly I understand, you know, the ability to be able to do that and the advantage to do that. But we need you to attend regularly. Something else you can do to help this church is bring a friend. The more you have in church, the more people, the more you attend, the better you are. So consider that. Find a friend. Bring a friend. <laughs> when the offering plate is passed around, now we know that we all contribute, we all do our pledges and ties, but instead of that appetizer at the paddock or the dessert or something, put a couple extra dollars in the plate coming around. Now, we've also decided that any monies in the off-touring plate that's not earmarked specifically for something goes in the general fund to pay for the expenses. So if you have an extra money in your pocket when the plate comes around, even though you're giving, we appreciate that. The other thing is if you're not currently doing the online giving, certainly consider doing that online giving. And if, certainly if you need help in knowing how that works, but that gives us the ability to be able to project and to have monies available and keep track by you electronically giving. So consider that as something that you might want to do. If you're a committee or you're individual and you're doing some fundraising event, certainly consider that a percentage of the proceeds of that event 
go to the general fund to help with the expenses of the church. And we certainly would appreciate that. Again, the summer's coming up. We're getting a new minister. Our contributions start declining. We want to continue to be a vibrant church, and we ask for your help. We'll continue to keep you updated what we're trying to do in the Finance Committee, and we're meeting regularly. The Finance Committee with the people we're getting together uh, regularly, and we've discussed, and we're looking up with certain th things that we can do. As I indicated, Wayne Cassidy's put a bunch of scenarios together, says if we do this, this is what our deficit ruling will decline. If we do this, this will do that. And we're working diligently to get to the point where we want to be able to be self-sufficient in our giving and our expenses going out. I appreciate you also adding the church to your prayers. Um, certainly that would be something that it's a big benefit to all of us. If you have any suggestions that you might feel that can help the church financially in any way, please feel free to send an email to the office. In the comments, put finance committee, and we'll take a look. Uh, we value everyone's input. Everyone is a member of the church or part of the congregation uh, has a part of this church. And it's, it's, we appreciate you and your comments. So if you have anything that you feel that would be beneficial financially for the well-being of the church, let us know. And I thank you. If you've got any questions, need any answers, please let me know. Contact Andrew. God bless you. I almost took your notes, Andrew. <laughs> he doesn't know how to work without this. That would have been <laughs> Thank you, Ron. I know uh, those are always hard conversations to have, but we're a family, as I know. Uh, we're a church family. We talk about these things openly, and it's good to know where we stand. It's good to know uh, what we can do about it. So, Ron, thank you for all those good suggestions and good ideas. Uh, as I mentioned to you, uh, God's not done. And you got to believe it, and you got to put your money where your mouth is and where your heart is sometimes as well. So as we continue to worship here today, we do have uh, the prayer time that we're going to be going to the Lord in a time of prayer. Uh, I do want to mention to you that we do have, of course, uh, always the opportunity to join our prayer request. If you want to send a prayer request in, at prayer at groveportumc.org. Just send that email. We'll be glad to put that on our prayer chain and have people pray for it. We do have printed in the bulletin some other uh, prayer concerns that have already been sent in. We do want to highlight some of these just here uh, in this time. Uh, you see our sympathies there. We continue to lift up the Shirley family and uh, the passing of Barb. And uh, we know that uh, we continue to pray for them. We also want to lift up, as we saw this week uh, after the printing, uh, the Flowers family. We saw that Larry's brother passed away. And so we want to be lifting him up uh, this uh, day here today. You do see uh, praises there. Uh, that uh, You see Ricky Meredith, that praises the Lord for a joyous time with the daughters in Maryland. And I think, Ricky, I saw you back there. We're glad you had a great trip and you're back safely. We're excited for you. As well as Daniel B. Uh, praises God for good health. And uh, Daniel, we'll pray and uh, thank you so much for sharing that praise and the God working in your life. We're excited for that too. You see our other prayer concerns that are listed there. One that I do, uh, actually two that I do want to lift up here today that uh, was, was talked to me this morning and wasn't on the prayer chain yet. But uh, the first of all, we want to just pray for Roy Shirley. He's having some health concerns, so please lift him up. As well as we want to pray for Joyce Galbraith. Uh, she's having an MRI done with some of her back concerns that she's been having. Uh, she's at Riverside Hospital, I believe, as we speak. And so um, it is something we want to be praying for her and uh, lifting her up at this time. You see some different uh, prayer concerns there. And of course, I see Bill and Monica back. Uh, we, of course, have been praying for your son, as you know, and uh, we're glad to hear some of the updates. We know still a long road ahead, but uh, there's been a lot of great signs, a lot of great uh, uh, things coming uh, from the news there. And so we continue to pray uh, for him, for Todd. Do you see other prayer concerns listed there? You do uh, see those that are listed in long-term care. So we want to pray for Evelyn, Anna, Jack, Carol, Annabelle, Charlotte, Bette, Reverend Meredith, and also Kay. Also, we want to pray for our military service, Jake, Nicole, Bishop, Brandon, Parker, Justin, and James. I want to remind you, I know it's a hot Sunday here. Our AC is out for those online. 
We owe you one. That's all I got to say. It's nice and hot in here. But uh, do want to let you know that even with the high heat, you're welcome to come on down. The altar rails are available here today to come meet with God in a special way. And uh, you're welcome to come. Of course, as our church congregation does, and come and lay a hand upon those that come to meet the Lord. Let's now go to the Lord in a time of prayer. Our Father, who meets us in our times of need, who showers down good gifts like the brilliant sunlight upon our lives, who meets with us and guides us and wipes away our tears and holds us through all the thick and the thin, takes joy in our joys, who mourns with us when we are sad, and steadily walks with us, just like a good parent. Guys, we're here today, we once again just bask in your glory, and Lord, as we're here and gathered together in this place, it's great to be with brothers and sisters turning our eyes towards you. As once again, you come and you rest upon our hearts, you be upon our shoulders, you wipe clean our minds. And once again, lead us out from this church into this community to make a world of difference. God, we love you and we praise you when you remember this great story of Jesus Christ coming to this earth teaching us the ways of the kingdom, of dying on the cross, and on that third day, rising again. We remember the gift of the Holy Spirit. We remember the church and the message that's been passed down to us and the scripture that we hold so dearly. God, for all these things, we give you thanks and glory and once again bask in the ability to be your child here today because of the work that Jesus Christ has done for us. God, we do come this morning not only remembering your goodness, but we come, Lord, asking for aid where we need it. There are many trials and tribulations in this world, and so we pray for those who especially need your touch right now. We pray for those who are sick. We pray for those who are hurting, those who have upcoming surgeries, those who have been given bad news by doctors. We pray for them. And once again, you breathe life. And just like you took dust of the earth and breathed life into it, may you take our frail bodies and breathe life into us once again. God, we do pray for those who mourn here today. May your Holy Spirit rest upon them like a dove coming down and settling upon their shoulders. May they're in their hearts and they not only remember their loved one, but be given the time and space to not only grieve, but also laugh as they remember the memories. And may those memories that truly glorify you and spur us on into being more like you and doing what you've called us to do. May those memories continue to guard us and guide us in the paths ahead. God, we do pray for not only these things, but we pray for much more, for broken relationships, for people that are battling just day to day to just make ends meet, and especially, Lord, with finances of all sorts, we pray. We pray, Lord, for those who are battling addictions of all types. We pray, Lord, for those who are far apart from families or feel lonely or depressed. We pray, Lord, for those who are in positions of 
not necessarily power, but of decision-making that are constantly embattled with different sides and different perspectives, and that there's no way to make everyone happy. And so, Lord, give them wisdom to make best decisions in all places. God, as we're here today, we pray not only for this church, but your church universal. Lord, as you've heard and you know very well, we pray, Lord, for your blessing to rain down from heaven on this church. For God, we want to follow you. We want to look at your face. We want to spread that joy with everyone out in this community and beyond to the ends of the earth. So God, Lord, we trust in you as we continue to be faithful to step in those directions and to make the difference you've called us to make. We pray, Lord, for the church universal around the world to always be upheld and upholding this great story of Jesus Christ, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, we do pray once again for ourselves to never be complacent, to never think, Lord, that we just put our feet up and coast along in life. Lord, to each and every day yearn for, for greater of you and to once again look at our neighbors and our world that is hurting and not only ask but then do what we can to make the world better. Lord, we love you and we once again pray the prayer you taught your disciples that marks us as your followers. And so we pray together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Uh, Jim Church, if Jim Church, please meet your leader at the back there. You guys can be dismissed now. Thank you. Uh, it's the time for giving. I want to say thank you, Ranley, for eloquently uh, delivering that great message of stewardship. It's the time for giving. Can the usher please come? Uh, come forward to get the, the, the plate, please.
Jesus, we want to say thank you for your gift. May the gift be news for its internal purpose. May you continue to bless us. We ask that you receive the gift. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As I stated before, there is no special music, so can you please quiet your heart and then listen to the word of God. Today the scripture is taken from Revelation 21, 1 to 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth has passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tears from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who has said it on the throne said, I'm making everything new. Then he said, write this down. For these walls are trust, water, and truth. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the testing, I will give water with a cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God and they will be my children. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, church. It's great to be in worship with you. For those online, hello to you too, and uh, thanks for being with us here. Now, uh, I always find God's humor uh, very funny sometimes that the day we preach on Revelation, it gets a little toasty in here, doesn't it? That's right. We're all feeling a little uncomfortable, but that's okay. You at home in your air conditioning, I'm just saying, we owe you one here today. But uh, as we're gathered together, we thank God for the blessing of his reading of his word. And uh, as I uh, will tell you in just a minute, this is uh, quite a special verse. I do want to just uh, mention before we get to the sermon here today, I do need to take just a quick moment and uh, just fill you in just real quickly. We did have West Ohio Annual Conference took place. You know, it's a yearly conference for all the pastors and churches in West Ohio. They get together. They have a big powwow. Uh, this year it was in Dayton, uh, last over the last couple days. Um, normally your pastor would be at it, but they actually changed the dates on me after I made a bunch of plans with my family. So I stayed with my family this year, and I uh, hope you don't hold that against me, but uh, I was not there. But we did have Brad uh, Lewis was there. He can represent. If you want to ask any questions about it, you can ask him. I do want to mention to you, uh, as you know, there's a number of recommendations that were on. Uh, every, each and every year we have recommendations that come up, and different people put in different things, and there's different ways that we vote and all sorts of stuff. Uh, this year, just some, some things that are worth noting to uh, share with you about uh, some of the recommendations that uh, were talked about. First of all, I mentioned to you at our ministry table, for those that were part of the ministry table, that our West Ohio was looking at selling some of the camps that we have. We have three camps in West Ohio. Uh, we have uh, tabled that, and so that's actually something that's probably going to be talked about at a later time. There were some things, the uh, trustees who actually presented it, uh, the conference, they actually uh, withdrew that recommendation, uh, from what I understand, and I uh, want to work on some things. But uh, it is the idea, I think, though, that it's pretty clear when you look at the numbers, that at some point they will be selling off at least a couple of the camps. Uh, at least two out of the three more than likely. And so I think it is to be prepared for that. Uh, just so you know, I believe, as far as I know, from people that have kids that are going to them, uh, the camps in West Ohio are actually still closed for the summer. They had already made those arrangements to not open up for, for camping. But uh, the East Ohio ones are, and so any of our West Ohio campers are going to East Ohio this summer, and we'll see uh, from the years uh, coming up. Uh, so that's the first thing to share with you. It's, it's important news to share. The second thing is, is that some recommendations passed that come up before every year at our annual conference. Um, that passed this year, and this is the first time they've ever passed, so it's newsworthy and noteworthy 
uh, to share with you. Now, if you read this in the newspapers, uh, as far as I know, they haven't even announced it yet, but come tomorrow, there may be some newspapers that will pick it up and some stories you see online. Uh, so every year we have some aspirational goals. Now, what this means is that uh, this doesn't change the church law of West Ohio. It just means, hey, we want to change the law of West Ohio, if that makes sense. Because what these, aspira what these aspirational recommendations were doing, we're actually going against the Book of Discipline. And so that's actually not something you're allowed to do because in the Methodist system, how we were organized is the general conference worldwide sets the book of discipline. You can't go against it, right? And so what happens, though, is that you can make an aspirational goal or aspirational recommendation that passes to change uh, certain things. And so what we voted upon as a conference and the delegates uh, did pass a few different things. You can go and read about them. But in short, uh, one that's always been a hot topic, of course, with LGBTQIA plus inclusion has passed. And so basically what we're saying with that recommendation is that uh, it doesn't change our church law yet, but what we're saying in general conference next year when they get together, we want our delegates to go and to vote a certain way. Now, they can't technically force your delegates to vote that way, but it is news and noteworthy to say, hey, delegates, the conference has said this is our will and our desire to make sure that inclusion is there. And so what that means in inclusion, it does mean uh, ordination standards to be in fully inclusive of that as well as it does include uh, as far as ho churches hosting weddings and things like that. Um, now, again, this is something that we have to see once the actual resolutions come through and this is all done, how this is all, all portrayed out. There may be a wide sweeping reform. It may be a speed. Churches are now allowed to do it if they so choose or not. And so just be aware uh, that that did pass for the first time. There were some other uh, uh, recommendations that were worthy of talking about, but maybe not worthy of taking the time here today. Uh, the big one is just that uh, General Conference is going to vote. Uh, we've actually said to our delegates also aspirationally, hey, when you come before General Conference, we want you to vote in what's called, in short, the Christmas Covenant, which basically the Christmas Covenant in a nutshell says this is the worldwide church is going to split into geographical areas, which it kind of already does. But specifically, what's different is the United States will now be one of those geographical areas, which means that uh, what basically what's going to happen with that is that different context can have different rules. And so the idea behind it is that people in Africa can say, we believe in this part of thing and this is kind of morality for us. People over here can also have you know, United States or Europe or wherever, they can also determine their own in their own context what is right in the gospel in that context. So uh, do know that that's something that we passed as well to, uh, to admission, admonish that is, our, our delegates when they go before conference to pass those kind of ideas, uh, whatever form they come in, but as we commonly know it now, is called the, the, the uh, Christmas Covenant. And so uh, that is something that did pass yesterday. So again, those are aspirational. It changes nothing right here, right now. But do know that uh, it is the aspiration of the, con the annual conference now to have our delegates change that on the general conference level, which would affect everybody and trickle down as well. Uh, there's probably much more that could be said for those uh, that attended, sorry. But uh, if you want to ask anything, Brad can fill you in on uh, any other details that happened uh, during that day. Last thing I will say about that, uh, as you know, many churches were still having the vote just like we did. Uh, and there's still one more chance for churches that are still in the pro voting process to have that. And that's coming up here in October, very end of October. However, it is uh, noteworthy to say that there were 152 churches that left our conference yesterday that disaffiliated. And so if you added up the number between that and January, you're looking at about, uh, about 250 churches. So there's about, a, just to roughly say, there's 900 and something, but let's just roughly say just a little under 1,000 churches in West Ohio. A fourth of them have now uh, disaffiliated at this time. Disaffiliating churches do different things. Some stay independent, some join different denominations, but nonetheless, uh, it is uh, something we need to report to you here today uh, about our conference. So we want to share that with you. Now, with all that being said, let's get to the sermon here today. What do you say? Let's pray. Yeah, woo-hoo. Lord, may the words of my mouth the meditation of all of our hearts, be pleasing your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I get the feeling you guys need some good news here today. What do you think? You need some good news? I need some good news too. I don't know uh, how you feel, but I do. And I know it's hot in here, but we're in Revelation. That's okay. You just sweat it out. You want a hallelujah. We're do Southern church here today. You know what I'm saying? You want to just, uh, you you just do the head sweat thing and all that? You, you go ahead and help yourself this morning. Yeah, that's right. There we go. There we go. So that's right. We're, we're good old. This is, this is a, we'll just call this our camp Sunday. Right? Pretend you're at like a revival camp here today. Here is what we're doing. Uh, as you know, we've been going through just basically some of my favorite verses of the Bible. So it's sort of a, a sermon series, if you will, but it's really uh, not only thing that really glued that holds them together or just, hey, Pastor Jonathan loved this verse. So he wanted to just share some thoughts about it with you before he leaves. 
because as I have mentioned before, uh, I have uh, three more Sundays with you after today, and then we'll be having uh, our a new pastor come, and so I know you guys are excited for that, and I know uh, you probably might be checking this out here, uh, Richard, so just uh, we're excited for you. Uh, we can't wait for you to come here, and uh, I know it looks like we're all really hot and sweaty today, which we are, but we're still excited for you, and so I do know that to hear you today. Well, I wanted to share this verse with you, but first I got to set the setting of, again, another part of my life where this verse kind of really came into a tender moment for me. I've mentioned many, many times, and so I won't go into all the details. Again, my mother, who passed away in 2009, died of colon cancer, and uh, she, when her last days, was in home hospice, and so we, you know, changed our dining room and moved it all out and put a hospital bed in there, and that was kind of her room. Um, But she was still pretty mobile until those, you know, very, very fat last few days. And so, uh, you know, my mom would get up around the house and walk around and do different things. And we had a patio in our back door. So you can imagine Georgia heat. Now, you guys are complaining right now, but Georgia heat is different. I'm just telling you, this is a whole other world than what you're experiencing right now. I know it feels hot, but it's just a whole other thing. So Georgia heat, you know, and, and uh, you go out on the patio. And, of course, uh, we, my mom loved to look at birds. So she had this huge bird feeder. And um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, you guys have Midwest squirrels around here. And they're, they're kind of like Midwestern nice these are the Georgia squirrels, and they're like all transplanted from New York City or something. I mean, these guys don't understand business. They look at you and they're like, hey, I'm a walking here. Like, they, they just do a whole other thing. So, of course, your bird feeders, you actually have to electrify them in order for the squirrels not to eat them all, which I know kind of happens here. But over there, it's like a big deal. I mean, like, you, they don't, birds don't even get a chance if you don't do it. And so, uh, and so down where it is, you can imagine my, my mom one day is, uh, you know, we're sitting there and, and she wants to say, oh, let's go outside. So we go outside and we're on the back deck, you know, sun setting. I mentioned about the pond that they were kind of near. Now, yeah, it was kind of off diagonally, kind of where we were was like the swampy frog area with the reeds and all that that wasn't that pretty, but, you know, it was there. And so you listen to all the, the, the mosquitoes. It's a lovely sound. Buzz by your ear. You know, you get, you get Georgia feeling yet, right? And so, uh, so that's, that's kind of the setting that's going on while all the squirrels look at us and we try to chase them off and all that stuff. But mom's sitting there with, of course, you got your ice cold beverage in hand. A lot of times it's sweet tea. This was just a water day for us on the moment, but we're drinking water outside and and, uh, you know, this is towards her final days. And she looked at me and she said, hey, John, because she called me just John. And she said, uh, in seminary, did they ever teach you what heaven's like? Right? I don't know if you have, a, maybe you had these similar experiences where, you know, you have a loved one and, and, you know, they're facing death. You know they're facing death. And, and it's, it's always hard to talk about it, you know, in some ways. But there are these moments, these tender moments where sometimes it just kind of seeps through. And, and in that moment, my mom, you know, had always tried to chase positive and positive. And in that moment, you know, I could tell, you know, she was really coming to terms with what it meant to say goodbye. And uh, it was, again, this, this tender moment in my life. And now you also have to understand this about my mom. My mom loved to read the Bible and would read it every night. I have my Bible at home. It's got the, her notes in it, you know, and all that stuff that I got to keep. And uh, so I remember my, my, my memory of my mom, especially in my older years, was, you know, coming and seeing her laying in bed right before bedtime with her Bible out, laying on with her little journal, writing down her journal stuff, writing down her Bible stuff. She knew scripture, right? She knows scripture. So it's not like I just go like, well, they taught me this here in Revelation, Mom 21, right? Like that wasn't going to fit. And I just said, hey, you know, Mom, actually, you know, seminary is kind of a weird experience. And they, they teach you more how to study the Bible than what's in it. They expect you to just go and learn it on your own, like not bad or anything, but they just, you know, there's a different process of what they try to teach you in seminary. So I was like, you know, to answer your question directly, uh, no, not really. They didn't really say, like, here's what heaven is, and here's all the things you got to memorize about it and stuff like that. They just simply said, here's how to study the Bible. Go and do it, right? And, uh, but I said, you know, Mom, I know you know it, but uh, it sounds pretty awesome, right? It sounds amazing. And, of course, the verse that I went to in my head, and, and as we kind of just talked about in kind of our ways there on the patio, again, in the heated sun with our cold beverage as we just talked together, was about Revelations, specifically chapter 21, which, of course, we read here just a minute ago. Now, I love, this is actually, I think I've shared this with you probably before, but I always mention this is one of my favorite verses, and a lot of times I preach, this is one of my favorite verses. This is, one of my, this is my favorite part of the whole Bible, right here. Revelation 21. And that's probably for a couple of reasons. One, because it's the end of the story, right? It's the, like, we've gone through it all. Like, there's heaven on earth and all these different things. I mean, like, what you get, what's, what's the end thing, God? Like, what, what is the very final picture of what we're left with as far as, like, what is this, what's the end game? Like, what's, what's the end goal? Like, why are we going through all this heartache? Why is all the heart going on life? 
Why is there the parable of the weeds and the wheat growing together and they got to be torn out later? Why not just tear them up now? All these different things. And you get to the very end of Revelation right here. And the answer is given, right? And the picture. But I think it's so interesting and so worthy of noting of this. A lot of people will accuse Christians of just, hey, pie in the sky kind of thinking, way beyond the blue kind of thinking. We're just positive because, you know what, to be atheist is just too depressing, right? But I want to just, it's always interesting to, to look at Revelation 21 when it finally describes what heaven's like and look at the descriptors. Because to me, if I was human and I wanted to make this up and try to sell you on this idea, I would talk about things like, you are going to have all the money you want, right? Or in this context, I would have talked about how many sheep and camels and all those other things you're going to own. Or I would have talked about, you know what, you're not only going to own this, you're going to have mansions, right? Not just one, you're going to have multiple, and they're going to be painted gold. You're going to have a gold toilet in your bedroom, like on the side, like, you know, I would go on and on and on about like all the good things that we naturally human beings desire to have, right? You're going to have friends. No one's going to dislike you on Facebook ever, right? You're going to post and there's not going to be one bad thing said against you, right? I mean, like, on and, on, and that could go on and on and on, but you get the idea, right? I mean, you're going to have huge family. You're going to have parties all the time. It's, it's basically dream your dream vacation, and it's that every day. That's what I would describe, right? If I was human, making this up. But it's so telling to me that the main thrust of this story, and the main thrust when we finally get to this heaven and what it's like, there's a whole bunch of descriptors as far as things going on and stuff happening. But when it gets to, like, what do we get out of it? It's about being with God. I mean, hear these words. Again, I just want to share them with you. Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Now, if you're going to make this up, that's a horrible teaser for people, right? The only way that, that, that has any weight to it is if it's true and people can experience it on this side of life and know that God is so good that they look forward to it and they go, yeah, I'm willing to sell out everything for the treasure that is in heaven because I know in my heart I've experienced it and I've tasted it and I've, I've had the experience here on earth while I've been on earth that God is so good that I will take that above everything else. Otherwise, that statement makes no sense at all. It makes why be worthy of something you can't experience and you don't know? And yet, the focus and the thrust of it is us with God. Now, of course, there were a couple other things that are worthy of mentioning here. It, you see that very beginning part, it says the sea is no more. Now, you might sit there and go, well, I like the ocean. I like my waves. Well, know this, that the Israelites and the Israel people, they, they saw the, the ocean was, was the form of chaos. It was the idea, you know, like at the beginning of creation, right? The, the earth was formed and it was formless and void, and the Holy Spirit hovered over the dark waters. All that is ancient imagery for the idea of chaos, of destruction, of, of like all these ideas. And so when the sea is gone, that first of all, idea is like all these principalities and world things, all the things that like come at you and you have no control over, when world war happens or pestilence happens or economic financial disasters happen and all the chaotic things, throw it out the window, right? And then the second thing is this, is that Jerusalem comes down like a bride, and there's this idea of purity that's so telling. And then when it describes God with us, it describes it in such tender moments, he will wipe away every tear. Just think about the thought. I, I have kids that are five. They cry a lot. There's lots of boo-boos. There's lots of late nights and lots of, lots of things that happen. And the images of God the Father grabbing you, holding you, with his own hands, wiping away the tears. I mean, the chaos that we experience it here in our life, the death, the tears, the hurt is gone. And I love at the end, and I know we're going to be brief here today because we're all sweating it out and we can't be here very much. Your brains are already about to check out, I'm sure. But I love how it ends. It's offered without cost, right? It says, hey, whoever's thirsty, just come. Without cost, I will give you water. You know, I love this verse because it really points to the way beyond the blue, that high idea of what heaven is like. And I love the fact that God, when he gave this, this vision to, to John, he, he didn't give a bunch of descriptive stuff, a whole bunch. He just said, hey, 
Here's what I really want you to know. I'm going to be with you. And you're going to be with me. And it's going to be the type of relationship where you're in my arms and I'm wiping your tears. So amazing that we didn't focus again on mansions or money or servants or all these different things. But God in his grace gave us this idea that the God that we serve is so good that when he describes just being with him, our hearts would jump. And the death that my mom experienced or the loved one that you know and you're thinking of at this moment says this, death is no more. Mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. For I am making everything new. Let us pray. Guys, we're here today. We love you so much. And uh, it's amazing to just sit there and think about heaven. And God, even though there are so many ways that we you probably could have described to us what heaven is like, you really, a lot of times, leave it up to our imagination to think about. The one thing you wanted us to know is that you're going to be our God. You're going to hold us tenderly. And the things that harm hurt us and those worries that we had in life are going to be wiped away from our eyes. God, as we come here today and come to your table, we once again remember the final victory that is in Jesus Christ, that this world is not it. And Lord, we remember that offering that truly all those who were thirsty could come and receive without price. And so God, we remember how on the night in which you were betrayed, you gave thanks, you took the bread, you broke the bread. You gave it to your disciples. You said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, you took the cup, gave thanks to the Lord and gave it to your disciples and said, take, drink. This is the cup of my new covenant. Pour it out for you and for many the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. And so, Lord, in these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. May you be upon these elements of bread and juice, that they may be for us the body and blood of Christ, and that in taking them we may be the body of Christ given to this world. By your Spirit, make us one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our honor and glory is yours, now and forever. Amen. I'm going to invite the communion stewards to come forward at this time. As they come forward, I do want to just share a couple thoughts with you, or a couple of different instructions. Uh, the first is this, is that you don't have to be a member of our church. You don't have to be a member of our denomination. If you're here today and you want to meet with Jesus Christ, you're welcome to take communion with us here today. Do you want to just let you know before first pass around the bread? Just simply take a piece of the bread and hold on to it. Once everybody's been served, we'll then uh, eat that together, and then we'll do the same with the juice. Let's now prepare the table before our Lord.
do this in remembrance of him. Church, the blood of Christ, poured out for us and for many, for the forgiveness of sins, we drink this in remembrance of him. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for proving your love toward us again. Amen.
meet you at the ice cream parlor next door, everybody. That's right. Well, uh, as we do leave here today, it's just worthy of hearing once again the benediction that comes from Revelation 21. What is the grand scheme of Jesus coming and saving us? What is the reward for all our toils and efforts? What is the grace that we so proclaim to the rest of the world? The end vision is this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men. He will live with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with him, and they will be, he will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. The old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. May the God who desires to be with us more than anything else, that brought Jesus Christ to our lives, that we could be reunited with him now and forevermore. To that God be all glory now forever. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we go, may your spirit go before us. As we go, may we follow where you lead. May we live what we have learned. Share the message. Have a good week.